2: Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens of
3: Welcome to another exciting edition of WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out today. We are excited to have Opticology
0: Eye Care in the House E. I am really excited because I want to hear all about this. And I'm hoping he brought a couple tools so he can adjust my glasses. Did you?
1: Right here. All right. right <laughs> nice.
0: We have Dr. Grayson in the house. Tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Um, again, my name is Dr. Grayson Barger, and I am an optometrist on the northeast part of Wichita. Graduate, I actually went to school in Chicago uh, mm. for this, but I'm, I'm from the area was born in uh, or raised in Sedgwick, Kansas. Okay. Went to school at uh, Hutchinson Community College and then at Bethel College before I went on to Chicago for eye stuff. Again, I'm an optometrist. I have a clinic on the northeast side uh, that I opened Cold Start in 2011. Where's it at? Thirty Second Street and Rock Road. Okay. Thirty 30- Second Street turns into Cypress. Mm-hmm. Uh, KTPS Channel Eight just moved in mm-hmm. across the street, so mm-hmm. we're in that area, just real close to K ninety six. Very nice. Right next door to uh, Redbud Pediatrics, so we're neighbors.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so that's where we're at now. Just moved into a new building in October.
0: Congrats.
1: Which is part of the which is part of our growth. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a long year, but. It's been nice to be on this side uh-huh. of the bell curve now. So. <laughs> yeah, but,
0: well, we're going to talk about that growth. But before mm. we do, so what year did you begin this practice?
1: Uh, this practice, uh, January 10th of 2011. 2011. It was a snow day. I remember <laughs> it well. You
0: do remember it.
1: Yeah. It. Um, I was seeing, again, it was a cold start, so I had no patience to my name. So it's really, it was a risky move following what happened in 2008, the economy. Everybody remembers that still. I was seeing five patients a week, maybe. To put that into perspective, we see about 30 now. Oh, wow. A day. Okay. (laughs) So five a week back then. I mean, we had a lot of free time. I was doing a little bit of everything at the time, everything from checking in, insurance verification. You've been to an optometrist. You both Mm -hmm. wear glasses. So the Mm pre-testing, the exam itself, the optical part, and then the insurance billing and so i for the first year it was me and one other gal and then uh, fast forwarding today i have 14 employees That's and, awesome. and two doctors including one of them is me wow so yeah it, uh, it's been it's been a pretty interesting 11 12 years
0: so that you know that's it's always interesting to hear stories like this so uh, let's back up a little bit mm-hmm. you went To Chicago to get you know to get some training. Then you did you do your clinicals after that. So you get your degree. Then while you're getting your degree, you start your clinicals.
1: Yeah. So in optometry school, again, go Cubbies. um, (laughs) We uh, your first year of optometry school is everything but the eyes. It's neurology. It's cardiology. It's because the eyes are connected to pretty much everything. Your second year, you get into a lot of eye um, relevant things. Your third year, you hit clinical pretty hard, and then your fourth year. Every quarter, you're in a different part of the country in a different environment for um, clinical rotations. I didn't know that. Yeah, so my fourth year, uh, my first quarter of my fourth year, I was at a low vision clinic in Chicago. And then after that, I packed my car and drove out to Boston. I was at a VA there. And then three months after that, I was at a pediatric clinic here in Wichita, actually. It's I wanted to be home for this one. And then the fourth one, I was in Lex- Lexington, Kentucky, for a LASIK cataract uh, co-management clinic. Wow. So you just pack up your car every three months and head to the next that location for the like fourth That sounds like a dependable
0: year. car you had.
1: You were on yeah. the <laughs> It's a 1999 Grand Am four-door.
0: Yes. All right. I <laughs> nice. love it. Okay. So you got done with your clinicals. And you have all this great experience. Why Wichita? What made you decide to come back home?
1: Well, at first, I it wasn't Wichita. As soon as I graduated in 06 wasn't ready to come home yet. Mm -hmm. I wasn't married, didn't have a family. So I took the first job that was approached to me, and that was in Baltimore, D.C. So I joined an office out there, was there for two years. I was approaching 30. Didn't have plans to start a practice out on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cost of living, everything's Mm -hmm. different. So I figured it was time to come home. And in 2008, I resigned and joined an office here locally stayed there for about 2 years before I was ready to take the <laughs> leap of faith yes yeah so but I still I met a lot of good friends in Baltimore I still talk to weekly okay. um, I had a lot of fun out there but uh, it was wasn't in the long term cards
0: you see that a lot, you know, people, which is great to go get life experience and mm-hmm. do different things and see different points mm-hmm. of views elsewhere and then be able to come back. Yes. And to begin your practice here is really, really awesome. And so you moved back in 2008 at the height of the housing.
1: <laughs> Big old bubble burst. <laughs> B- bubble bus.
0: <laughs> but you made it through that.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy, nor is any cold start in any profession easy. Um, <clears throat> but you become humble you um you save money you do what you can and uh, it is your ship so you know mm-hmm. you're doing everything you possibly can to to write that ship and to make it make it work and grow so
0: when you start on your own and you don't have a book of business or mm-hmm. anything like this as you did how do you get the word out like how do you advertise for vision care
1: fantastic question um, chamber was helpful word of mouth is still huge in my profession in many professions Social media wasn't as on fire as it is now mm-hmm. that long ago. Uh, we did some light digital stuff. Anybody who finds an optometrist, you don't hear it on the radio or TV. It's a demographical search based off of where you live mm-hmm. and who your insurance is usually. Mm. So you try to get on as many plans as possible because that alone will <clears throat>
0: draw in people.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Google's a big one. Um, we spent a lot of time and resources uh, in Google even back then. Um, but word of mouth is huge. Social media, huge. Another reason why I moved home to start, because I'm from here. So I already had a small yeah. patient base to come see me. I'm family, so mm-hmm. come see mm-hmm. me now. Um, but no, it wasn't easy. You know, there were a few times I was worried about making payroll for my one employee at the time. Mm-hmm. So there there was a lot of lessons learned. And, and that's real. Yeah. I mean and thank
0: you for being vulnerable with that sure. and, and sharing that because I think a lot of people, you know, see people's glory at the end but don't realize the struggle mm-hmm. that ensues as they yeah. are building this this wonderful thing. So yeah. you know, it can be done. Yes. But what did it take? Grit and
1: well, resiliency, and have my wife to think because we lived off of her income for a year or two.
0: All right, so you started with one employee, and now you have how many? Fourteen. Fourteen at the one location.
1: At the one location now in our newer building, the office that I started in, which is a mile away, was 1,700 square feet, one bathroom, mm. two exam rooms. <laughs> so, oh, oh, and we just moved last October, so mm-hmm. you could imagine the space. Constraints that we had. We had one bathroom that was always occupied
0: yeah, yeah, I can for imagine. patients
1: and staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I had another doctor that was starting to get grounded in, in the office. So we shared a schedule. You can't really grow when you're sharing one schedule. And even if I wanted to hire more people, I had physically nowhere no to put them. Yeah. Nowhere to put them. So some people said, you know, said you should have started your office new office search a year or two you know prior but you have to be mentally and financially ready to to do a a big move like that because our office now is 7100 square feet
0: Uh, that's a huge (laughs) jump
1: yeah so we have room now and it's very nice wow yeah it's it's been a nice uh uh transition
0: so when you have when other doctors, come on. Now that you have more than just you, do you find yourself in a position where you take students in clinicals, or what does uh, that look like?
1: Yeah, Yes and no. Yes, we have, um, again, the same place that I did my one of my fourth-year rotations that is still an active practice that students still go through. And if they want to get a little bit of extra shadowing, mm-hmm. they can do that. But when it comes to actually being part of a program for students, no. But we have students come through all the time to shadow and.
0: Okay.
1: Actually, we have a one of my technicians now is has ambitions to go to optometry school, and he's really getting a hands on, not only from the clinical mm-hmm. side but the entrepreneur side as mm-hmm. well.
0: Now, do you coach or teach? when they come in the insurance side, because that's a huge part of it. And that's a yeah. kind of a, you know, if, if I were to want to be an um, optometrist and then you start talking to me about insurance, I might say, you know what, this may not be for me. I can't be running claims every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, insurance. And again, I as a, I deal with it on both sides. I'm a consumer and a provider. Cool. So on the provider side, we well, don't don't want to get in the weeds too much. Basic things, yes. But as soon as you learn something insurance billing-wise, it changes. It changes. Yeah. It changes, and you got to learn it again. So with, with students or people that I know are here for the short term and they're moving on, yeah, the basic stuff. There's a foundation that hasn't changed, but it, it's very fluid. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Good way of putting that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Excellent. So you grew from one employee to 14. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you got some type of culture up in there. So describe <laughs> your culture at your place.
1: Well, in the beginning, I was a micromanager. I was uh, staring over shoulders, mm-hmm. making sure everything was done the way that I would do it. Why, why do you,
3: I think you kind of explained, but why did you become a micromanager or have you always been?
1: I haven't always been and I'm not anymore. Okay. But when I first started, it was it's your baby. You want mm-hmm. it done right and you think... You think your way is the only way to do it. Mm. But I learned very quickly that you can't do that. Yeah. You have to learn how to delegate. Mm. And you have to learn how to delegate efficiently. Or are you are going to drive yourself crazy? Right. right. <laughs> right. right. Um, but no, at first I, I was that. In my culture now, I would say for employees is to be a self-starter, ask questions, especially as ridiculous as they may sound. And I feel right now I have a group full of self-starters that are not afraid to fail are not afraid to ask questions and get better. Yeah. Um, so I don't do as much breathing down shoulders and micromanaging because I've learned to trust as well.
3: In case you shared this before I missed it, but why do you want, why did you want to be
1: an optometrist? Very, very good question. I, I knew, I knew in high school and even college, I wanted to do something medically and see all ages of patients and maybe own a business okay but those were just thoughts in my head even when i got to college i really didn't know yeah i did know the only thing is that i didn't want to stop with the bachelor's degree i wanted to continue on and not take a break and just do it i had a meeting uh, with my optometrist because i've been wearing glasses personally since the second grade okay. i'm very i have contacts on now but i'm very nearsighted mm-hmm. i have good vision with when i'm corrected but without Can't see past my fingers, really. So I would say part of it is is the personal uh, journey of needing vision care. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, I had thick glasses growing up. (laughs) They were thick. They were big. Do
0: you (laughs) have pictures
1: of that? Uh, I got a picture of my office. (laughs) Yes, I I, I do. And, you know, back then, you know, something that, uh, you know, you didn't like. But now you're looking back on it. That's who you were. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And so when I got to college, I still had no clue what I wanted to do. So I figured optometry was one of those professions that kind of fit most things that I wanted to accomplish professionally. I applied to school. I took the entrance exam. So I thought about med school at the time. Mm. But optometry just seemed like a good fit. And when I got accepted into school, it seemed like I made the right choice. So I kind of gambled on that and... uh, and I'm glad I did.
3: But you said you wanted to be in entrepreneur, no, an entrepreneur. I yeah, think. I knew I wanted. Why? To. Why did you? Or how did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur
1: when you've never been an entrepreneur? Again, great question. Uh, maybe the July birthday, being a Leo.
2: <laughs>
1: there's <laughs> a lot. There's a lot of business maybe. owners. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I have a a, a really good answer. It's just something that. Even when I was in optometry school, I knew I didn't want to be just an employee, mm-hmm. clocking in and clocking out. You know, for the right person, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that do that. I just wanted to, to, wanted. I don't know. Just always been a fan of starting my own reputation, my own, put my own stamp on something. Yeah. There you go. Because as I was out of school, working for other people there were many days I was coming in with my ears red, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was giving a lot of my ideas and mm-hmm. putting in a lot of heart where my heart wasn't belonging, you right. know, so I just wanted to put my own stamp on something, how I got there. Uh, I, I I don't know. Just Excellent. wanted one of those wow. unexplainables.
3: Well, wow, that's, it's, your, it's the right answer, because it was your answer. To, that was, your, that <laughs> That's was your, your journey. That was your yeah. journey. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, everybody's is different. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, sure. um, what, I think I had an idea, but help us understand what problems does your business solve? It, it's called Opticology Eye Care. Is that a made-up word? <laughs>
0: Okay.
1: He said, "Mm-hmm."
0: <laughs> so we can't go around saying, "I met an ophthalmologist." <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Where does
0: that come from? Yeah.
1: What? Um. Well, the the short story. When I was thinking of names, when I was figuring out what should I call this entity, I didn't want it to be Barger Eye Care and Associates. You know, I wanted something that because uh, we see a lot of pediatrics as well as the whole family. Okay. And I don't want something. I wanted something kid-friendly but not exclusive. So, originally, I wanted to call the office Ideology Eye Care. And I went and did a trademark search on it. And Ideology was a shared name but wasn't copyrighted. Okay. I made the mistake and reached out to the person that owned it Mm -mm. and asked if it was okay if I could use that even though it wasn't trademarked. And uh, what happened the next week?
3: Registered
1: became registered, and I already had some moving parts going. Mm-hmm. I already had some moving parts going that, uh, and I got the deceased, you know, desist and mm. oh, whatever. <laughs> so I had to go back to the drawing board. And after a couple of weeks of soul searching, opticology is what what uh, what we came up with. Um, there's optics in there. There's an ology mm-hmm. in there, and then eye care kind of you know really differentiates what we do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we solve eyes. Solve eyes.
0: And so I read somewhere that you recommend infants to receive their first exam at like six months. That's yes. like really early.
1: It is. And the next question is, well, how do you? Yeah, what do you? You can't I, talk to a baby I don't understand, <laughs> right? um, It's a very different exam. Uh, we do recommend the first eye exam for anybody to be at six months of age. We answer that question a lot. We see a lot of moms. And it blows their mind because they don't know.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have, not until like maybe three. Yeah, and what are
1: we doing? Well, we're looking for developmental milestones. We're looking for hidden things like childhood eye cancers. We're looking Mm -hmm. for, there's a couple of types of lazy eyes out there where the eyes are straight ahead. And you won't know it until you do certain, all the testing is objective. There's nothing subjective. You don't ask a six-month-old what's clearer. Right,
2: right. You know,
1: So you have a window. Very small window to get what you want because you're not the boss in there. They mm-hmm. are. Right,
3: right, okay. right.
1: So if everything is healthy at that exam, then the next uh, exam should be at H3. and Then every school year after that, even if they do not need correction, because you're looking to hit those milestones developmentally, you're looking to make sure things like depth perception, hand-eye coordination is fine, health of the retina is fine. It's much more than just seeing 20-20 without glasses. Right.
0: And I'm so, glad you mentioned that because that's kind of where I wanted us, uh, part of the discussion to go. Because a lot of times people think, you know, oh, I only need to go to the doctor if I, the TV's a little fuzzy now. Or, you yep. know, my my student yeah. can't really see from the back mm-hmm. of the classroom. Mm-hmm. But it's really about whole body wellness, yeah. right?
1: Optometry, unfortunately, over time, has been a reactive thing, not mm-hmm. a proactive right. thing. And newer docs, older and new, we're trying to educate the, the public, on the benefits of preventative eye care. Because you're right, we can diagnose things like MS. Um, mm-hmm. Optic neuritis, you know, to get into the weeds, affects the eye, which is a symptom of MS. Mm-hmm. You know, diabetes, we see diabetic patients 12, 15 times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's the systemic things that can manifest in the eye, and we see all the time. Wow. So it's, it's more than just vision, it's more than... You know, I can see 2020 without my glasses. I just need my readers. What well, goes above and beyond that? Most mm-hmm. of what we see and diagnose is preventative. Mm. If you find it, you can fix it.
0: Right. That that's huge. Wow. Yeah. And I wish there was a way, like for us, and, and we'll use this as a way to promote that. But I just wish more people understood that.
1: I agree. <laughs> and we we try to get the word out one patient at a time. Yeah. Um, Wichita has has you know. When it comes to vision care, we have a lot of good good docs in town, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're all on the same page as I, I. I can't speak for them, but we're all, you know, speak from the same page of prevention.
3: Yeah, it sounds like that because I know you're in eye care, but if you talk to a dentist, they say it's all about a lot of things can go into your body by your mouth, of course, but if you can catch it early, they can detect blank or mm-hmm. diabetes, whatever they can detect things based on dental care just sure. like you said you can detect things based on eye care right. so is this a is this a new way of doing medicine that's happened over the last 10 years or so i've never heard this in, except for the last five or six years
1: yeah i i would say public knowledge is more recent but the okay. idea of that oh we've been working on prevention for decades probably okay, okay. yeah but uh, to get it out there you know, for Telling the, for, for the public. Yeah, it's probably within the last 10 years or so. Okay. That's we're really trying to promote the effectiveness mm-hmm. of prevention.
3: That's when I started here. Sorry. Mm-hmm.
0: No, yeah, no, yeah, that's important. No, it's,
1: it's, it's a great question that needs to be answered and uh, talked about. And um, they're, they're, like I said, most of what bad things can happen, if you catch it, it for the most part, can be treated Yeah. so you don't lose vision.
0: Well, thank you for that, you heard it here. Go to the eye doctor and get checked. Well friends, we've come to that time where we need to hear a word from our sponsors. So we're gonna hear from them and then we'll be right back with more with Opticology Eye Care.
2: At Evergy, seeing energy differently starts with thinking differently about its
1: impact and then committing to doing better every day. As we continue to expand
0: our investment in renewable resources, capturing more wind, gathering more sunshine, we're able to generate power that's cleaner and provide it to you more affordably. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the utility company.
2: As a convener of people and ideas, the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce continues to extend our reach and maximize our efforts to provide the best possible business environment in our region. Your partnership is imperative for accelerating business success We invite you to visit wichitachamber.org to learn more about the benefits of membership and become involved with our efforts to provide success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. Visit wichitachamber.org and follow us on your favorite social media platform.
0: Welcome back, friends. We are here with Opticology Eye Care, and we are having a really fun discussion about um, overall wellness and eye care. So, Dr. Grayson. So let's talk about this. Now, back in the day, my grandpa used to wear these blue blockers can <laughs> <laughs> he loved them right he'd be like baby go give me my blue blockers." <laughs> <Uh-oh>, <laughs> is man. that a thing like is it really saving us like even today um evergy provides some of those um they're pretty trendy they look like ray-bans but they are supposed to block the blue light or not completely block it but i don't know what
1: it does sure what the, does it do <laughs> the infomercials of the 80s and 90s yeah. gave the blue blockers a good name um it all comes down to a specific wavelength of light, which is mimics UV from the sun. And we know that too much sunlight can lead to cancers of your skin. It can mm-hmm. lead to macular issues. It's really what forms cataracts over time. Mm. So getting artificial light, what's the connection? Well, it's not entirely understood yet. Um, but since it does mimic a potentially harmful uh, wavelength of light. A lot of people are using blue filters, which is a coating that can be applied to a lens to eliminate or almost eliminate that particular wavelength of light. Okay, reducing your risk. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, decades from now, because we're all dependent on on computers and mm-hmm. cell phones, we'll see the effect. But in the meantime, protecting our eyes is a good idea, in my opinion. There's a lot of gimmicky. Anti-blue uh, glasses out there. In my opinion, you get what you pay for. Mm. Of course, we want everybody to to to, to buy from your optometrist, because we we research these, we, we make sure that they are healthy and safe for patients.
0: Do you all have something? In particular? We do. We
1: have we have it two ways. One way is it, it is built in the lens itself, mm. and then with a the coating to the lens. But you've seen people's lenses have a reflection of purple yeah, sometime. Yeah. That's because mm. that's the wavelength of light that's being absorbed. But no one likes to walk around with their purple glasses on. So there's ways. Well, I went
0: to K-State, it so I'm you okay are,
1: with that. It. <laughs> yeah. so it, it is what it is. Continue that. Yeah, so, um, but there's alternatives for people that don't like that reflection because it is in the lens itself. And it's been shown to reduce that wavelength of light, thus reducing the amount that's hitting your retina day mm. after day after day. Mm, okay. okay? Now, again, can we prove... 30 years from now that it causes true retinal problems? No, but we're still going to promote prevention right. to avoid that. It's mm-hmm. simple as just putting something over your lenses to protect you. And most computers and phones have a built-in anti-blue light function that turns your screen kind of a brownish, yellowish, yeah. like really? your cell phone. Yeah, I know the I know Apple, that's what I have. And uh, they have a night feature mm-hmm. that turns yes. that background color kind of mm-hmm. off-white. Right. That's right. doing something similar. Okay. Wow. Mm, yeah, I, so I, I'd, yeah I'd say it's important, not entirely understood, but um, it needs to be addressed. And, and you know, because we're very technologically uh, sound yeah, we society. There's so
0: much screen time we have, yes. right? So yes. I, I think that's important for all of us to hear, especially in the business community. We're tied to our laptops and our phones. And, and so, yes, thank you for that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned cataracts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I thought of cataracts as being just something you get when you get like 70, Birth right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm seeing younger people get cataracts, and I guess I don't really understand what that is.
1: Cataracts uh, have, a, have a a thought of being due to how old you are, how many birthdays are on the
2: right.
1: <laughs> uh, candles are on the cake. Um. In my opinion, cataracts are, are a lifetime accumulation. The most common form of cataract is from a lifetime accumulation of UV, which just so happens to catch up with us with age. That's why that connection's made. Mm. People that protect their eyes from the sun with sunglasses and hats tend to get cataracts later in life. People get cataracts earlier in life. I've had, you're right, I've seen people in their late 40s develop cataracts yeah. because they have very light skin, they have very light eye color. That's lets more light in naturally wow. okay. dark eyed patients. Um, we have more protection from natural UV light getting into the eye. So, yeah, it's all about how much UV light we've been ex- exposed to in our lifetime. That'll kind of give you an idea. We're all going to get them sometime because of we need the sun to live.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just depends on how much you've had. That's that'll kind of tell you when.
0: Yeah, oh, man, that that's that's something. I just I thank you for explaining that. Yeah. I just never knew. And so, in your practice, tell us what all do you do? Do you do LASIKs? Do you do just everything? Tell us what you do.
1: No, optometry differs from ophthalmology a little bit. Okay. Okay. Ophthalmology um, is MD. We are ODs. Oh. In, in my opinion, um, I mean, we we treat glaucoma. We we, we prescribe orals for for certain diseases. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to hardcore surgery. That's when we refer out. Okay. So, I have a group, a, a team of surgeons that I work with for cataracts, for LASIK, and for the retina. The eye is split up into certain parts depending on what you need. There's a specialist for the retina, there's a specialist for the cornea, mm. there's a specialist for the cataract. Makes sense. Okay. So, but uh, once the surgery is completed, they return back to us mm-hmm. for the aftermath. We're kind of the coordinators. We diagnose okay. it, we manage it, refer it, and then we finish it.
0: Mm. Gotcha.
1: So that's that's the big difference. There's a lot of confusion with
0: yeah, what
1: I ophthalmology no and optometry idea. do. It's a it's a good team effort. We have a we have a lot of good ophthalmologists in town.
3: Very cool. You've been an entrepreneur for what's that, eleven years now? Yeah.
0: Good math, Don. <laughs> uh,
1: Gotta count the I went to
3: northwest. <laughs> if it were the southeast, uh, I'd still okay, be working yeah. on it. So but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, the business ecosystem here in Wichita, you've had a, you know, 11 years to check it out. Is it good or can it be better? I imagine everything could be better, but what are we lacking in our business ecosystem mm-hmm. to take entrepreneurship or your business to the next level?
1: Great question. If I had to, to say one thing, it's just having brains to pick. Maybe not so much in your line of work, but in other line of, lines of work to get different opinions. Mm-hmm. Seeking contrary things. It's not what you've done right. It's what you haven't done right. Just meeting with other professionals, uh, I would say. I haven't had too many things to complain about. I think Wichita is a very great place to start a business. It's not easy, but nothing's easy when you're trying to to, to, to start a, a company. And now I have, you know. 13, 14 families that rely on me now. So, it, uh, right. you know, you, you um, want to surround yourself with places like the Chamber. Early on, I joined a networking agency at BNI, I think. Um, I did that for a year or two where we met weekly and tried to build up referrals to each other. Okay. Until it cost me to be out of the office, I had to, to right. give it up. But no, I, I think what's in place works if it's followed, if it's utilized. But you also can't be afraid to ask either. Right.
3: right. So we've interviewed quite a few different industries and we're starting to see a trend where these industries the the businesses in these industries are creating their own network system and kind of being more friendly for lack of a better word yeah. sharing information yeah, and stuff right. are you guys there not yet <laughs>
1: It would have to dep- well. It'd have to depend on the age. It's a lot easier to talk to colleagues that are my age sometimes. Okay. Than people that have been around and kind of look at younger people in your line of work. And I, I have questions asked because I'm you know ten years, eleven years in it now. People ask me questions. I'm not afraid to to answer it. I am at the end of the day. I am a activist for private practice. Yeah. Uh, I'm not threatened like by that. other people. That, that doesn't mean that I have an ego to, to, to satisfy. I'm just a fan of private practice, mm-hmm. owning your own business. Mm-hmm. So if anyone has a question or wants to pick my brains, I really didn't have a lot of optometrist brain to pick as I was coming up and trying right, to get things right. to work. I learned a lot by failing, <laughs> doing things not really correctly. But that's how I learned. I carried that knowledge forward. So I try to pass that on. So maybe some younger docs can uh, mm-hmm. avoid
0: some of those pitfalls. Excellent.
1: Right. So no, I private practice at the end of the day is what I like to promote and big fan of it. Excellent. Eh? I,
0: I think that's that's awesome. Very last question that I would ask you is, what do you describe as success?
2: That is you've
0: like, you've you've done some great things. It's a big
1: question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big word.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Well. Uh, success, really, what sticks out in my head first doesn't even have anything to do with business. It's having two happy kiddos. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, as, as being a, suce- a successful father. Fo- no, I wouldn't say successful yet. let <laughs> Let's <laughs> not get ahead of myself quite <laughs> well yet. But, uh, no, I have, I have great kids. I, I, have, a, I have a great partner, uh, my wife, uh, Shelly. Well, we, we form a good team. I'd mm-hmm. say that's probably, first and foremost, um, how I define success. Now, business-wise, I would say... I would say by year, between years three, four, and five, I finally decided to finally take some pride in what I'm doing. And um, I would say success defines is when you're able to have a, a, big, a, a decent-sized team working for you, that they respect you, you respect them, you get along great together because there's no outline you know, instructions on how to do all that. And so I would say success is having a, a a good, well-rounded, functional team that all of you are going for the same goal. Because mm-hmm. that's hard to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, over the years you develop some butt employees. They're really good butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, nice. but I, I would I would say success is having a, a good team that's all driven for the same goal. I love that. And the fact that uh, you can provide for other families. Mm-hmm. You know, I have more than just you know, 13, 14 employees. I have their families. their families that, that rely on me. I take very, I, I take pride in that. I'm coming to work and not only working for me, but working for, you know, their providers as well.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for what you do.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yeah, one more question before we get into some
3: fun. Um, you've been doing this for 11 years now. What's next that you can tell us about? I don't want
1: Proprietary, but no, I think on the horizon that I'm a pretty open book. Um, part of my most of my brain is, is optometry owned, <laughs> okay. another part of it is um, real estate. I'm kind of interested in, in you know, I mean, I have a building now, and right. have I figured that part of it out yet? No, but I'm working <laughs> on it, but you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've already have, uh, I've learned a lot, and I have a good team because, again. It's taken a while for me to ask for help, and there's, you know, you need to do that. You can go to school for other things. You can't just wing it. You got to do it right. So uh, entrepreneurship, business owning, real estate, you know, I haven't done a lot with it at all, but it does interest me. Okay. Um, Similar to how I became a private practice owner. Let's kind of expand on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Also... (laughs) I, I've taken. I'm an assistant coach for my nine-year-old girls' basketball team.
0: Very nice. There you go. Uh, How's your dribbling? Uh,
1: it's actually really good. She loves Seth Curry, but I keep telling her in the '90s, you know, we didn't big guys didn't <laughs> shoot big three pointers. Yeah, um, you know, you roll with the Knicks and the Bulls, and you know, of the '80s and '90s. And, oh my! You know, they don't play like they do now. No, <laughs> it's
0: a much faster-paced game. Yeah. Uh,
1: too. Yeah, we have a great head coach, uh, Victor uh, Ojewale, which. Um, He's uh, works for uh, Cargill. Cargill, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an awesome guy. Awesome okay. guy. Yeah. So uh, I would say he's uh, a case stater. He is. Yeah. That Frank Martin guy. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: So, I loved uh, Coach Martin. Yeah, his, I did too. Uh, His fury. Yeah, <laughs> love- Raped
1: <rough> <laughs> some people the wrong way. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. But no, I I would say coaching and okay. um, being involved in what my kids do, and my son's in Taekwondo as well, and d- doing all the things that. Um, that, Kids uh, do. Yeah, that yeah. when I go home, I try to forget about the opticology stuff and uh, put on a different hat.
0: Yeah,
3: excellent, excellent. Well, I'll keep following that, Michael Ramsey. He, I think he was in the medical field, I believe, before he started being a, de- a pretty good developer around Wichita. He, he did Revolution and Core Ten, and so he's doing he's doing both. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. So, don't give it up. Now it's time to have some fun. You've dealt with Ebony. <laughs> Whoo, long She's time. Not so bad. <laughs> cut, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say cut that out, Brian, but that's okay. Um no. Um so we're gonna have some fun. Name uh, word association. I give you one word, you give me one word back, it's not wrong because it's your word. You ready? Yes.
1: Leader. Mm. How much time do I have? <laughs> um influential. Nice success. Leadership
3: college hard work excellent. As long as it wasn't K State, it's, it's a, <laughs> my it's a, it's a good issue. So I gotta wash my
1: hands. Yeah, They're right.
3: <laughs> everywhere. Make it stop. Make it stop. Entrepreneur needed hero father figures fun work. Oh. <laughs> Seem to be a, a theme. theme. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, we've been hearing that. Family. Oh, um, fantastic. The chamber. Chamber. Uh, needed. Okay. Vacation. Seldom. <laughs> 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 Wichita. Awesome. Failure. Learning. Last but not least, and you have to tell the truth about it, beverage. Oh, bourbon. Boom. Yes,
0: <laughs> I love it.
3: Thank
1: you, Dot.
0: We appreciate you being here and sharing your story with us.
1: My pleasure. Yes, Hopefully thank I was you. able to offer some insight.
0: Yeah, you. It was very several
1: nuggets up in there.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, friends, we've come to the end of our session today. Make certain that you like us. Share this with someone who you think will find value and benefit from it. And please leave us a message to let us know who you want to hear from next. Till next time. Peace.
2: The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.